what you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh. I'm with the band. Music and interviews you're going to like.
Uh, this is Chad Austin. On this episode of I'm With The Band, we have singer-songwriter Kyle Vincent. But before we get into that, let's talk about our sponsor, which is the Main Cellar City Club. Located in downtown Hickory, North Carolina, it's a nice music and event venue. It's very intimate. Nice location to go see somebody. Uh, they have upcoming events of Bad Company and Little River Band. Now, back to our show. I once played with Little River Band. I haven't played with Bad Company yet, though. Oh, well, excellent. That, that <laughs> was that well. That was Kyle Vincent. How you doing, Kyle? I'm doing all right. How are you doing, Chad? I'm doing well. Good thanks. to see you. It's good to see you again. Again, too. again. Yeah, that's again. right. I've had the pleasure of actually taking one of your songwriting classes, which you're going to be. Did you do it today? No, you haven't done it. Today. No, I'm doing that uh, tomorrow. Tomorrow. Yeah. So yeah. the concert's tonight. That's right. Okay. That's right. What I want to say first before we get into it too far, we have a quote that's on your website that I want to bring up, and it's where Barry Manilow called you the best singer-songwriter to come along since the heyday of the Tin Pan Alley. You, you can't believe anything you read on a website. Come on. <laughs> it's, it was on the internet. <laughs> that's bought and paid. It on the oh, internet. it was? Yep. Oh, okay. It's well, on the internet. in it's that real. case. <laughs> it's true. Well, first of all, Let's talk about Tin Pan Alley. Yeah, what the heck is Tin Pan Alley? Yeah, what is Tin Pan Alley? What is that? You know, it was, uh, wasn't it like old Broadway? Um, the singer-songwriters uh, of the, you know, the famous uh, musicals and things of the past. It's quite a huge compliment. No matter what Tin Pan Alley is, it's a big compliment. Just because it came from Barry Manilow. Exactly. Exactly. I wrote him an email. We, you know, we toured together, Bear and I. And, <laughs> and, uh, and I wrote him an email. I said, hey, I need a quote. I need a quote from you. Can I have this? And it literally, I still have the email. It says, use this. <laughs> and that's it. And it's that quote. Best singer songwriter to come along since well, the that's a nice recommendation to have. Yeah, that was it. No, like, hey, Kyle, how you doing? <laughs> Use this. <laughs> so. Well, now, do you still talk to him? Uh, I haven't talked to him in a couple of years. Uh, last time I saw him was at a show he was playing up in uh, New Hampshire. And, uh, yeah. But no, I haven't talked to him in a while. Now, since, uh, since you guys toured together, yeah. which I was going to bring up later, but we'll go ahead and bring that up now. Since yeah, we you guys can, toured together, yeah. does he like give you like special tickets to come in and see him uh, well yeah i mean i know i know his peep so uh, right. you know i can usually i can usually find a way to sneak in yeah yeah <laughs> that's right yeah but it's hey, Barry, remember me well it's quite you know it's pretty funny because you know he, he has you know he, he deserves this kind of treatment but he has a very you know structured backstage you know rope line kind of thing you know everybody's kind of you know, first you go to this room, then you go to the next room, then you make it to this guy, and finally you get to go in and have your audience, you know. Right. And no matter who you are, you have to go through this. Even, you know, I've, I know him pretty well, and I've been, you know, hung out with him a lot, and but I still had to go through that same protocol, you know. And finally sure. he's like, Kyle, what are you doing? Why do you have to go through this? I'm like, duh, you know, you put you, everybody you through this. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what? You should have just come in the back door. What? <laughs> After the fact. So, exactly. Get him out of here. Uh, something that's uh, pretty nice that I uh, read about your uh, start is that you started with alto sax. I did, yeah. Yeah. Which is not that's what I started with. Oh yeah, cool. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I didn't. I wasn't as jazz as uh, what you appeared to, uh, to yeah, be. What they claim. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Those people who do my website. <laughs> yeah, it's a great instrument to start on. I highly recommend it for um, you know you parents listening. It's a great instrument for many reasons, but mostly because it's a fun instrument and and kids love playing the sax. Boys and girls alike love playing the harp. Shit, did you just adore oh, it when yeah, you were a kid? It. Yeah. So fun because it's like a sexy instrument. Yeah. You know. And it's just cool from the get-go. You know, it's not like... It's cool. Uh, it's one very down, cool. There's one downfall for the saxophone is you have to keep your embouchure... Embouchure? Is that how you That's say right. It? Sure. Uh, in shape. Yeah. I uh, produced an album 10 years after I kind of quit playing. After high school, I kind of dropped it a little bit yeah. and uh, walked into the studio and they had one laying there. Nobody else was there yet. And so I picked it up and started playing on it. And I thought it sounded pretty good. Tones were okay. And then uh, waited a few minutes and then walked outside and there were ducks outside and geese <laughs> thinking uh, 
they were hearing a love call. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe that was a compliment. <laughs> yeah, you hit just them. the right pitch. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think the reason why saxophone makes a good starting instrument for somebody is because it teaches melody, because it's a monophonic instrument. I agree. It, that's absolutely true. It teaches melody. Um, it, you know, a lot of good singers started on sax, actually. I can't even list one right now, but because <laughs> you're going to ask me. But no, it's a, apparently, I did read that somewhere. But apparently, you know, it's, it's a good instrument to start, um, to start for singers and, and for other things. I mean, piano is the best for theory and sure. for other things. But I just think that can be a little tricky for, uh, for youngins, you know, to get mm-hmm. both hands going and, sure. and all that. But the horn's really a, it's a blast. I still play it. Love it. Do you really? I do. I have yeah. a uh, Yamaha wind controller, <coughs> right? So, so yeah. I can hook Excuse up me. to a keyboard and play it that way. Cool. It's kind of cheating because yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it's a little, it's a little, it's borderline nerdy also, but it we'll is. let you get away with it. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I saw Herbie Hancock use one, so I felt it was okay. Herbie, who now? Herbie what, Hancock. <laughs> <laughs> now. Uh, so Try to stay a beat ahead of you. That's all right. You know, today has been a long day. Look, there it is, ladies and gentlemen. His phone has just buzzed. Ring, and what is restricted? And I turn my restricted number. That's only. I only have one restricted. My mother. My mother is just restricted. When it's restricted, I, I know it's her. I don't. So know. maybe it's my mother calling you. Oh, really? Should I answer be, it? <laughs> be, now you chat. You be good on my dear boy. <laughs> you don't. Don't ask him any of those tricky questions. Wh- you know what? I bet it's. Uh, oh, I'm. I bet it's one of my clients. I have a couple of mm-hmm. clients. Clients in quotes. In quotes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you went. You got heavily into jazz, and then you yeah. picked up a bass. I got jazzed out, man. It was just too much, and all my you know high school jazzy friends were just you know becoming too cool for their own good because that's what jazz will do for you. Right you know, by nature, you're just become too cool. Now I couldn't take it. Were you? See, I, I love to listen to jazz. I don't play it very often, but yeah. I mean, I listen to jazz weekly. Easy. Okay. Uh, both contemporary uh, and old school, uh, and I've seen some fantastic acts that play jazz. What uh, what level of jazz musician were you? Were you a proficient jazz musician? Um, to be honest, I was really good. I mean, I could cop Charlie Parker solos. I mean, I was really a strong, fast reader. And um, but and the reason for that is because I had heavy theory training from a young age and jazz improv training from a young age, mm. and that was the difference because we had a fully funded. Um, uh, you know, music program, and it was a fun program. It wasn't just you know, go play the violin with for thirty minutes with you know Mrs. Johnson, and you feel like you feel awful when you walk out of your class. <laughs> People couldn't wait to get to the music classes, you know. And I practiced my tail off, man, two three hours. You can a tell day. in your transitions in your writing. You can tell that you uh, your your melody sets well within your chord structures. Wow, that's a, thank you. That's very nice to hear. And I, I think it I think it comes. I, I definitely agree with you. I think it comes from way back then. Right, just being. You know, bombarded. I, I don't know. Honestly, I don't know what I would do. And maybe you feel the same way. If if I'd grown up now, with the you know, there's a lot of great music out there. There's no doubt about it. But there's definitely um, there is a a lack of melody in a lot of areas. There's mm-hmm. a lot a, a lack of song structure that we grew up with. Right. And, um, well, <laughs> you grew up with. I'm extremely younger than you. But but <laughs> <laughs> I'm 72. <laughs> he didn't laugh at that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's good. I got away with it. Um, but no, you know, I feel fortunate because I grew up with, you know, just these great songwriters, you know, and right. great songs and great melody. And it's, I really feel fortunate because of that. And it's just, I can't get, I cannot write a non-melodic song. I just can't. You know, <laughs> I would love to try, but I, I can't was, do it. I was a, I'm an old Van Halen fanatic and I, I got to bring them up because, you know, collectively Van Halen can't write a song. They, if they don't have a producer working with them, their songs are terrible. Oh, I had no idea. Really? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, and wow. it was, Really, and I'm not a big fan of when Sammy Hagar came in. Yeah, I know. Uh, but 
he uh, he started bringing in structure to their song. That's true. You can tell a huge difference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but they just came out with this new album. They brought David Lee Roth back into the mix, and uh, Jeff is over here. And I don't know if did you hear the new Van Halen album? Not yet. There's that. It's good. <laughs> it's good. No, it's not. Oh, it's it, not devoid good. of me- uh, melody. Oh, what a shame. It is. I mean, all the guitar you could ever want, the same drums you could ever want. Yeah. Uh, a lot of the tones are still there, but yeah. it just it was devoid of, me- of melody. And that's the first album where I thought the whole album was devoid of melody. Wow. You know, I really wondered how they wrote songs because if you really listen, you're like, how in the world? And I just always imagined they, they have to do it collectively in a rehearsal studio. Eddie comes up with some kind of lick and yep. David just starts, you know, ranting. What, what <laughs> I think happens, I've got a, a, a friend who was really good friends with Eddie for several years and he said that Eddie just goes into the studio and records everything all day long and then the producer will come in just handpick the stuff and put it together for him I know that their original uh, engineer and producer did work that way with him uh. and if you listen to old demos you can hear songs all through their albums crazy stuff wow now here's something I did not know and I think this is awesome uh, that you took lessons from Joe Satriani <laughs> And he was offered a singing position. I was. <laughs> really? I, I'm guessing he'll deny this, but... Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I was uh, many moon ago, and I was uh, too young and too shy and too dumb. Um, the too dumb part hasn't changed, but, but, but the other things uh, changed a little. Um, Do you yeah, regret we, that? Yeah, we had... Um, I was talking earlier about regrets. Uh, yeah, it's one in a long list of... Yeah, most people... You're not supposed to have any regrets my entire life. is pretty much regrets, <laughs> one right after another. But it's all right. I've learned from them all. Um, but no, we, we, we had a voice lessons with the same teacher. Right. And, and again, it was, uh, it was an opera teacher. So it was very, you know, structured first half of the lesson. Mm-hmm. The second half was just sing whatever pop song you want, you know, just have fun. And that's another reason why it was, it was just like the saxophone lessons. It was a fun thing, um, hmm. and made you stick with it. So the person after my lesson was Joe Satriani. And so one day my voice finally kind of broke out of its shell I mean, I made her pull the curtains and everything. There was big windows and stuff, and there was like a waiting room for the next oh, sure. people. But I was just, I'm telling you, I was like dreadfully shy of singing in front of anybody. But finally the voice came out, and he heard it. And after the lesson, he kind of just kind of walked up. So well, I'm starting this band. And Was he anybody at that point? No. Um, as far as fame goes, no. We all knew in the Bay Area that he was this phenomenal talent. I figured he was like 40 or 50 years old, because, you know, you're 17 or 18. You just assume that. Right. Um. I took bass lessons from him, and uh, he was just so mean. (laughs) He was so mean. I mean, I was traumatized. He was just like, "Ah!" (laughs) you know, he was one of those teachers, but it's because he was just, he was so good that it drove him nuts if other people weren't as good as he is. Now, that's funny. Uh, This is a strange circle. You also, and we'll get to this in a little bit, that you were uh, signed to Hollywood Records at a time, which happens to be the home of one of my favorite eclectic bands, a band called T-Ride. Uh, and Jeff Pilson? No, Jeff? Yep. Oh, I know Pilson. Jeff, blah, it's spelled G-E-O-F-F. He was the guitar player, and this phenomenal guitar player, one of the best guitar players I'd heard in forever. And uh, they were signed to Hollywood Records, and he also uh, – took lessons from Satriani. Really? Yeah. Wow. That's cool to hear. I need to send you that name. I can't remember what that guy's name <laughs> Jeff something. Very, very eclectic. Call up. Let us know what his name was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know. Uh, but yeah, so it took from, I took for him and then we had the same voice lessons and finally he just you know asked if I wanted to sing and I, I just I turned him down. I can't do it. I can't well, stand on stage and sing. What are you talking uh, about? Maybe that was hindsight wisdom because um, if he was that kind of a teacher, maybe he was that kind of a, uh, but you would have got to play with Stu Ham though. Uh, 
Yeah, I mean, I'm sure he's. I think he's a great guy. I mean, everybody says he's a great guy. It's just you know, I was just a really lame bass player. I had no business having <laughs> lessons with Joe Cedric, but I did save the. Um, the, the, the check stubs I still have in fact I just saw it the other day just to prove in case anybody doubts it you know there it is like from my mother to Joe Satriani you know bass lesson and with him with his uh, you know <laughs> how much did he charge um, I, I don't know it was 12 bucks 15 bucks something like that really yeah for 30 minutes something like that I could probably sell that check huh you probably could put it on eBay you think so yeah I'll look, in, I'll look into that <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty neat little history right there yeah um Okay, so um, you started a band called Candy, mm-hmm. uh, and I love the fact that you wrote a bogus letter as, pretending to be an attorney. <laughs> I thought as a musician you would appreciate that. Absolutely. <laughs> well, see, so I moved – in the Bay Area, there was a band called – in San Francisco Bay Area, there was a band called Candy. And they were kind of getting some notice. You know, they had a pretty good following, and so I moved to L.A. We were – you know, my bass player buddy, also from Berkeley, were down there, and we – what should we name the band? And he came up with this name, Candy. Go, but there's already a Bay Area band called Candy. He says, oh, hmm. I got an idea. <laughs> so we sat there and typed up a letter, like bogus letterhead and everything, you know. And it was from an attorney, and we sent it to them. And, uh, and that they was changed that. their name. Yeah. I think we may have had to follow it up with a phone call also. Hello, this is, you know. <laughs> to let them know that there was some uh, validation there. Uh, yeah. Huh. And, they, and they, yeah, I feel, I still interact with guilt over oh, that. Oh, that's your limitations of past. You're <laughs> fine. Hope. You're fine. I hope I so. Talk about it. God, I hope it has passed on a lot of things. But... <laughs> Um, okay, so uh, Rick Springfield. And mm-hmm. Yes, I went through your bio. On Apparently. Yes. Yeah. Uh, See, so you didn't do what lazy journalists did. You didn't go to the Wikipedia page, which is really boring. <laughs> you went no, to but the I was impressed that you had a Wikipedia page. I was well, like, damn, you. I need to do that. <laughs> well, I, just, I, I, you know, I was telling somebody that, that the problem with the Wikipedia page is that um, I have a lot of nephews and nieces. And I, I've lost count, but you know, like a dozen or so. Right. And they go on there and just mess with my Wikipedia page all the time. They'll say, you know, they had me married to Sarah Palin for a while. And that lasted like three months before it was like violently <laughs> removed with all these warnings. And, and then they had, uh, they had me born in like 1903 or something that lasted for a while. You know, so I always, so I kind of did, we were getting ready to do a new website and my web mistress person said, you know, okay, I'll just grab the stuff from Wikipedia. I go, you know what? I'm tired of that. Let me just write this. Let me write oh, my own so story. You're saying that you did not work with Michael Jackson on this Thriller album. <laughs> Hold on. Is that up there today? <laughs> that was up there for a while. Um, yeah. So I just decided, you know, let me weed out the real journalists and let's see if they do their homework and go to the real bio. Right. Instead of the, I mean, the other way, it's true. I think as of a couple of days ago, Wikipedia seemed ra- rather accurate. <laughs> well, I, I'd rather go to the source anyway, just yeah. for that particular kind of information. But yeah. I am a, uh, a closet Wikipedia nut. I love yeah. going to Wikipedia. Oh, I love it too. Absolutely. Yeah. But I just think it's fun to manipulate sometimes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many times I would like to do that to some people. I'm yeah. always afraid I'll be the one that gets busted. Yeah, well, I'm not sure there's a law, but maybe there is. Oh, uh, <laughs> Let's talk about your, uh, your concert. Which Since one we, is this? Uh, this is the one that's going to be taking place tomorrow. Oh, wow. We're, we're jumping for it. Okay. Well, I, I'm going to take a break that's in okay. a second. Uh, you're playing for uh, Hickory Arts. Jeff Hartman and his wife, Carol Ann, have Hickory Arts. Uh, they offer everything from singing uh, to uh, acting lessons, instrument lessons. It's really conducive to it, uh, creativity, you know? I think so. It's, it's so important to have something like this in the community. I think so. I think yeah. you're absolutely right. Yeah. No, but I was, I was telling Jeff if I had, if I had you know, kids and I lived in the area or something, I would, I would boy, I'd sign them up in two seconds. It's absolutely. It's such a great, great opportunity and... And they have put together this concert for Kyle. So how long is the concert going to be? Well, this is kind of, um, I do a lot of what we call living room shows, house concerts um, around the world. And 
they vary, but hour and a half, sometimes two hours, sometimes I play 22 songs, I tell stories, it's, a, it's kind of an autobiographical, it's kind of that autobiography you're reading from uh, in, oh, music, in, in music form. Yeah. Well, cool. Except I don't do any Manilow or Satriani songs, but... Oh, well, I heard the, uh, the the Mandy uh, video. Oh, I did. Yeah, that's true. That was, that was good. That was really good. Well, you had a really you. strong voice. Thank you. Well, let's segue that into hearing a sample. We're going to play a select track. Is there anything in particular you'd like us to play? Um, well, we can play something off the last uh, original album. We can play uh, In Another Life if you want. In Another sure. Life? In Another Life, sure. Let's take a listen to Kyle Vincent with In Another Life.
Main Cellar City Club, Hickory's premier music venue, is the place to go for music events, wedding dinners or receptions, company retreats, reunions, and more. Contact Main Cellar at 828-345-6246 or find us on Facebook and Twitter for all your entertainment updates. And that was Kyle Vincent. And now we're going to go on with some more questions that I have lazily pulled from the bio. <laughs> some stuff I, rem- I remembered from uh, talking to you last time, but okay. uh, some of these are re- really interesting. You've got a, a really good bio on there. So I Thank encourage you. anybody to go to kylevincent.com. Yes, sir. And uh, take a gander at all the, the stuff that's there. It's web stuff. And everything you read there is true. Yeah. But he prefers the latter. <laughs> <laughs> Right. You told your, your stories in your bio reminded me of uh, some uh, comics that you'll see, and they'll tell a story, and they'll have one big story, and at the very end, they'll tie it all together by the punchline that comes back to that story right there. And yeah. you, a lot of times in your bio, I prefer the latter. I prefer the latter. Oh, 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 I want to right. believe that's right. That's right. That's right. That's all. Yeah. That, see, that I would make that, that. I know that. Will, I didn't even catch it. <laughs> that would make the, the joke you just made will make sense if people read the autobiography. Yeah. So yeah. Go, go read the damn autobiography. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Right. Uh, Rick Springfield, you played uh, a tennis match with him? I did. I beat him. Really? Did. Yeah. yeah. Again, he'll deny it. All, all these guys are in denial. Was, it, was he a nice guy? Very, very nice. Very nice. Totally cool guy. Yep. Uh, he's a better singer than what people give him credit for. Oh, man, that guy. I, I actually don't think he achieved the stardom he should have achieved. Even though he was huge, right. I think he could have even been bigger. You know, he was he was just so phenomenal. One of the best live shows I've ever seen, honestly. Really? And his heyday. What was yeah. his uh, album? Working Working, working class. class Dog? Yeah, Working Class Dog. Was that the tour you were with? Uh, I think that was the one, yeah. Wow. It, it might have been after that. It might have been the next one. Affair of the Heart or something, or maybe that's the same. I'm not sure, but all the Rick Springfield fans are going to call up and go nuts right now. <laughs> but it was one of, it, I mean, you know, it was 15,000 screaming girls every night. It was, uh, it was a very tough audience to play for. Was it really? No, I'm kidding. Oh, 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 Except well, the first one. Well, why is that? I'm leading into the... Oh, so the first show, we, we got a call. We weren't... Uh, till Tuesday, you know, Amy Mann? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so that. she was on the tour. So she was the opening act for his tour. Right. Um, so I figure the guys must have been going to see Amy Mann, and, 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 the, and the girls obviously were there for Rick. And so Amy Mann got sick. So we got a call. Can you be in Cedar Rapids, Iowa tomorrow night? Yes. <laughs> you know, opening for experience. Got on a plane, went. Literally, I had never played guitar in my life, and they were, like, showing me how to play chords and stuff on the airplane, I swear to you. And we show up. The announcer says, Till Tuesday, can't be here tonight. Now from L.A., candy. Just like that. Totally deadpan. Everybody's like, at... We hit the first chord, and a rock hits me right in the eyebrow, and I'm bleeding for the entire show. No way. Yeah. And, but after, like, you know... I don't know, half a song, they were into it. They loved it. You know, everything was fine. So now when you're in a situation like that, you're still having to sell yourself, you know, completely. It's not like when you're the headliner and you have several hits that you, you know, they're, they're all anticipating this, this, in this situation, you're having to sell that, sell yourself the entire time. Yeah. Is it tougher to sell yourself in front of a crowd of that magnitude? Um, that's a good question. Uh, I feel more at ease with, the bigger the crowd, the more at ease I am, which I think most performers, I think most performers would probably agree with that. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, yeah, because it becomes just this wash. Yeah. And when I do these living room shows, I'm sometimes nervous as can be because you're seeing every little thing and you hear every little mistake and every yeah. plenty of mistakes, trust me. But on a big stage, nobody picks it up and so you're just loosey-goosey. Um, you know, that particular show, we had, this, we had to really sell ourselves to the guys because, again, the girls, you know, were four 
cute little rockers on stage well, within worn a two dress. seconds they liked us. Well, I was for that tour. Oh, well, good, good. Yeah. And spandex. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, spandex dress. That's right. <laughs> Note to self, market spandex dress. And, uh, and um, so, but eventually the guys thought, you know, we're kind of cool. And, you know, our guitar player was Gilbert and he was really rock and roll. So, so we started winning everybody over eventually. That's awesome. Yeah. I bet that was a lot but, of fun. But you do have to work it. You have to, you have to work out. I still work in crowds like crazy. I'm always working when I'm on stage. It's a constant, constant job, as you know. I mean, I'm in one song, and I'm thinking what the next song is, and how am I going to segue into it, and what am I going to say, and, you know. So, did, when, uh, was, was that your, well, I mean, Barry Manlow obviously had big crowds, too. Oh, yeah. So, what yeah. are some of the larger crowds you played in front of? What kind of numbers are you looking at? Um, probably, I don't know, you know, 25,000, 30,000. Sure. Wow. Uh, a lot of those. Yep. So you're talking arena stuff. Oh, yeah. Sure. Oh, yeah. but that was fun. It was. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. It was a lot of fun. Daunting, but but fun. You know, and I, I, I again, I was I was still not over my kind of stage fright, uncomfortableness, <laughs> if that's a word, on stage, really till just maybe 10 years ago or so. I really started to feel just totally at ease. I, I, I don't get much, I don't get many butterflies before shows anymore. Right. A little, but not much. Well, after you get thrust into doing it over and over and over again, pretty much you, you get tired of, of the anxiety taking over a little bit, and you can kind of push it aside. At least that's, yeah. that's been the experience of uh, myself and some other people. I yeah, know. yeah, I think you're right. You've experienced some of the same stuff. I think you're right. And, and I, mean, I think some nerves are obviously good. And I, I, it's not like I have no nerves at all. I always do. But, um, but the kind of the ones where you just feel sick to your stomach, I don't get those much anymore. Sometimes if it's like live TV – That'll do it because you really there's no room for oh, a mistake. Well, that's what you pantomime. You know, that's what you do. <laughs> right. I learned that from uh, Britney Spears. That's what you do. You just pantomime. You mean lip sync? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. A pantomime. Oh, yeah, like a mime. Absolutely. No, no, you're right. Lip sync. Why am I saying pantomime for it? That's okay. Radio edit. I thought you were going one step further than mime. No, I was going one step in the wrong direction. Yeah, that's okay. That's all right. Was that a picture of you with David Bowie? Yeah. No kidding. Oh, I have video. That's video of that somewhere. Yeah. Really? In fact, I think at the website there's a video clip. Yeah. So what was that about? Um, I was recording the Trust album, and um, we were at this you know fancy schmancy studio in L.A. and um, and I had you know just like the best. They dropped so much freaking money on this album; it was ridiculous, and it was never even released. They dropped half a million bucks on it. So of course, I am seeing this huge budget, and I'm producing. <laughs> so I'm like, well, producing half of it. Well, I'm going to hire the greatest guys in the world. Sure. So I'm just going through and hiring the best players you got. Well, you know, they're studio cats, and they go, hey, David's in the next studio. David who? David Bowie. What? Oh, yeah, I know him. Let me go introduce you. You know, because they're all buddies. So I had my video camera, and I walked in, and I, and I handed it to, um, uh, what's, uh, not Bernard Edwards, the other guy from uh, this old band called Chic. Uh, anyway, famous guy who was producing, uh, Nile Rogers, real famous producer. He was producing um, Bowie at the time. And I handed him my camera. I said, hey, would you just videotape us? And they were just totally cool. And we're just sitting there talking. He's like, who is this guy? You know? But because I had all these other players, around me jerry beckley from america and all these kind of famous people were in there on my dime so it kind of you know was my it was a great calling card excellent you know so we're just hanging out on a couch talk, i'm talking about his earring or something it was just, i was trying to find something to talk about <laughs> your eyes are different <laughs> right sorry i didn't mean anything by it right. i loved you in the last temptation of christ that was a cool part you played in that movie <laughs> uh, yeah now i love bowie absolutely love but now oh. you and i share a uh, love of a band uh, and I could tell this last time that I had uh, heard you perform, and that's Jellyfish. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Pop, pop, pop melodies, man. That's what it's all about. Yeah, I heard yeah. a lot of that in your, in your style. Oh, I, thank uh, you. The, the uh, 
and one of my favorite songs. I have a this uh, list of songs that doesn't seem. I mean, they're just they're from all over the place of songs I love. And uh, the King is Half Undressed is probably up there mm. in the top, mm-hmm. probably the top five. Wow. Yeah, it's wow. just a great song. I love the video too. Yeah, love the video. Just uh, just a colorful melody. You know, that's what they're all about. And I just love that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, what about contemporary music of today? What do you find appealing of today, if, oh, if any? Absolutely, there's there's tons of it. Um, you know, my favorite app on my phone is this Soundhound thing. Do you know about this? What is this? You just hold it up. Well, there's a whole bunch of them. I guess you just you just hold it up to the radio speaker. Yeah, actually, I just used that like two days ago. I was out uh, eating somewhere. I was like, "Who was this song?" And held it up, but I didn't recognize it. Oh, it's a, well. There you go. It was probably me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I'm on there. Yeah, you didn't make the Everybody database. Everybody but me. I mean, my grandmother is on there humming in a kitchen. <laughs> Kyle's grandmother humming in a kitchen. <laughs> but I'm but my songs on there. Anyway, I, I just this is my new favorite toy. I just drive around you know, around the country, whatever, and I rent a car, and I'm just I'm like, oh, that's who that. Oh, that's what Adele sounds. Like oh yeah I like that song because oh, yeah. I just listen to songs I don't really pay attention to who the artist is I go yeah I like that song yeah you know it shows you the lyrics shows you what town they're playing in it's awesome yeah that's so cool. no there's 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 tons but I'm I'm really a song guy I never you know when people ask me this I never can really well I'm really a fan of you know Coldplay well yeah I like some of their stuff and right I'm not familiar with other stuff or whatever but um there's just tons of great um I don't know I, I think especially it seems like out of England there's a lot of melody and kind of blue eyed soul coming out of there that I'm mm-hmm. that I'm digging. Yeah. So, do you take the time to go out and watch other live acts? Oh, almost. <laughs> I hate to say this, but almost never. Right. I think either because I'm too busy, or I, I don't know. I just don't get a chance to so much. Well, where I live, I get killed for saying this, but um, I, there isn't. I. It's not really my scene. You know, right. music-wise. So, in my hometown, uh, there's really nothing to go see because they play covers and it's or it's you know bluegrass or it's it's all wonderful but it's not really what i'm seeking for inspiration i think that a lot of musicians don't do that don't go see other acts and i don't think i don't think it has to do with ego and i used to feel really guilty about it uh but i think a lot of the times for me anyway when i do take the chance to go see live music i'm totally into it and i get so mad at myself for not and and this guy sitting on the couch over here is a great example i saw jeff uh in a band he had called the Scott Jeffries Band. Never seen him play before, because I was playing all the time, too, in my defense. But I finally had a chance to see him, and I was floored at how... As a matter of fact, I hated you how good you were. It was yeah. so good. Uh, there's been several acts that I, I just... I just don't... I, it's, going to see live music is very hard for me sometimes. I See, I agree. And, and maybe this is a part of what you're getting at. It's, it's work. It almost becomes work, because I'm going there going... And I learn, no matter how, if they're awful or great, I always learn, learn something. something. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I played some show with... Um, this pop band, you probably really like them out of Portland, called Throwback Suburbia. And um, it's a shock to me they haven't become famous because they're just so strong and tight and melodic, and maybe that's why. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I just after I played my set, I just actually got to sit back and watch. I'm like, oh, God, i got to do this more often. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, it's just, yep. but I just don't. And I, I really don't know why, but maybe it's some of what you say. It's totally not ego. I mean, because, no, no, again, no, no. I learn from every little live thing I see, I get something from it. Absolutely. You know, I need to do that more. Or, right. Or, you know, or I need to do those, or I need to pay attention and not do what he's doing you know or something Have, has uh do you know if there's been any uh kyle vincent tributes <laughs> wow uh that would be quite a tribute um i i, <laughs> I have no idea i don't know i know some people have covered my songs here or there but now, is that unusual yeah. to hear somebody cover one of your songs is that a is it a good thing is it a flattering thing or is it disappointing oh, it's, it's always flattering and anytime anybody just knows who i am i'm thrilled 
Um, yeah, really. I mean, the funniest thing was I wrote a song once and, and recorded it. It didn't appear in any albums. And all of a sudden, I got a Japanese uh, CD of this kind of famous singer over there who had done the song in Japanese. She changed the words and did it in Japanese. That was kind of interesting. Oh, wow. <laughs> but the same melody. It's did you ever get to meet her when you went over there? I didn't, no. I hmm. haven't met her. I need, to, I need to do that. I totally forgot. Thanks yeah. for reminding me. That would be a Want to be my manager? Yeah, I, I will be. I'll be good. <laughs> I forget I'm good. these things. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Um, tell me about the uh, running for public office. Uh, well, it's just another, <laughs> just another thing to do. Um, but, but now, why is my question. Why? Well, I just thought um, – I was kind of recruited, first of all. And I thought, you know, that sounds kind of interesting. Was sure, that a David French not? conversation that talked you into it? No, it wasn't. It wasn't <laughs> shockingly, no. But he's all for it. Well, not really, actually. I think we disagree <laughs> on most things. But, but – um, it was an opening. I live in a very, very small town. I think, well, how many people in Hickory? 40, 50,000, something like that? Something well, yeah. like that. Yeah, so I'm about a quarter of that, right? Really small town. And, uh, but I did win in a landslide, I may add. <laughs> Twice now. I was reelected recently. Excellent. Yeah, so it's kind of this countywide counselor kind of position. And, uh, you know, uh, it's kind of funny. You go in there with long hair and all these, it's mostly retired or older people with other jobs. And I just kind of <laughs> saunter in there like, who is this guy? You know, but then I open my mouth and I know what I'm saying, you know, and I can, I can vote correctly and bring up some topics that they wouldn't think of and things. Right. But it's just kind of, I don't know. It's, it's, the, you know, sometimes I substitute teach even, I mean, maybe once a year, just to just, it's something completely disassociated from music just to kind of, you know, inspire you in a different way completely and it's giving back and helping hopefully well that's cool yeah well why don't you tell us about the uh your meeting with ron seacrest and how much it's influenced your career (laughs) (laughs) well um okay um let's see you want the long story the medium story or the short whichever one you feel like telling all right well we'll see where this goes um i was um I had a song that was doing really well around the country, and uh, it was uh, it was top ten in a lot of big cities, a lot of markets, and it was but it it was bubbling under the Hot 100 on the Billboard charts. And you know, one of my dreams was to have a song in the Hot 100. We didn't have New York or LA stations; they hadn't added the song into rotation. So the big station in LA was having a battle of the songs every night, and um, of course, I had all my friends call up and clog the airwaves, and I won every single night. And this this one night, I'm up against Umbop by Hanson. Do you remember them? Yeah, 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 yeah. I used to be in Hanson. Most people don't know that. Anyway, um, so <laughs> Kyle Hanson. And, uh, and so I won. So, so, but they wouldn't add the song to their rotation like during the day, right? They'd only play it during this contest, you know? And um, so one night I was just kind of, you know, upset about this. And I called up the radio station. It's like midnight, one o'clock in the morning or something. I'm just getting home. And, and I go, look, man. And I get through it. I go, look, man, I've been winning every single night. This is Kyle Vincent. Yeah. No, you really, you, yeah. I live in, Bur- I can see where you're broadcasting from, from my bedroom window right now. I live that close to where you are. He says, well, come on in. Let's talk about it. Okay. And I'm sitting here, you know, the radio, the record company couldn't get my song on. By God, I'm going to get it on that radio station. So I go in there and I hang out with this guy for like five hours. And he's just this young surfer kid, you know. And they didn't add the song, but it was Ryan Seacrest. So, you know, it gives a little bit of panache to the story. But did he play it during that uh, time? Uh, He did. He did play it. Yes. He did. Yeah. So he was a nice fella. He was great. I don't know anything about him now. I haven't, I've never seen any show that he's been on or anything. I'm, I'm completely what is it? What is out he of the loop now? of is popular it, is it culture, Idol? unfortunately. Is it American Idol he's on? 
I think so. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I don't, you know, I bring this up sometimes and people just have the strangest reaction. I'm like, well, I don't know. I just know that he's famous now and that he was yeah. a nice guy then. And I don't know anything else about the funny him. Funny thing is I can't tell you anything that he's done and why he's famous. I just. Okay. So you we're in the same boat. So yeah. We just, we, yeah, I but, just, I'm completely out of so many loops right now. It's unbelievable. Least, you know, but you're probably seeing him in an element that actually painted him as a, a, a nice person. Yeah. I mean, to have you come down. Sure. I mean, it was for his show too. Yeah. But not to have you hang out for five hours, that had to just be a testament to... Uh, it's totally great. Yeah, we just got along nice great. Guy. We had a great time. Yeah. Well, that's excellent. That's mm-hmm. cool. That's a good yep. story. Yep. Well, Kyle, I have appreciated you coming in here today. I'm not we, leaving. Well, this interview we're hang not out. over. No, we're not. We're going to keep going. <laughs> we have two more hours left. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> you break. can't get rid of me. <laughs> what are you trying to pull here? I paid for this time. <laughs> Wait, no. <laughs> no, no, no just a joke. Spons- we're just sponsors. <laughs> it's just a joke. It's the other way around. <laughs> Uh, thanks for coming down. Yeah, We're, uh, thanks for having it's me. It's a pleasure seeing you again. Appreciate it. I hope the concert goes well. Actually, before we uh, before we disembark here, mm-hmm. uh, talk about what you're doing uh, as far as well. I mean, you, have you done the, the class already? No, no. We're going to do the class uh, tomorrow. Like I said, the, the songwriting class is um, is uh, is something we started a, a year ago or so. We debuted it actually in Hickory, and it was right. quite successful. Um, and uh, it's just me kind of uh, usually it's, it's supposed to be about <laughs> learning how to craft a song, you know, sure. and uh, and kind of give you some tricks of the trade or, or some other things. Mostly, it's about inspiration, pulling it out of you, because I don't believe in really mathematical songwriting, you know, some right, structure. Right. But but after that, let's 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 hear what's inside of you. But it also has a lot of and I. go off on major tangents about the industry and the realities because I want people to know you know if if you're thinking of going into this business I'm not going to discourage you but I'm also going to tell you how it is right and so there's a lot of that too. So it's it's good, just not for songwriters. It's good for you know young bands. Um, really, I think anybody who's interested in the entertainment industry at all, um, right? Even from a business standpoint, you know, even an entertainment attorney or manager or anything. Um, so, and I hope we'll be doing more of them. I'm sure we'll be doing more of them down here at, at Hickory uh, uh, Art Studio. And I've been I was in that class last year yes. and had a good time in that class. It was a lot of fun. You did, but um, you didn't. You acted up in class. I did. That I a did lot. have to call the. Uh, the assistant principal. Yeah, and uh, I kept touching people, and that, that's there was weird things. You're dipping the girl's hair in the inkwell in front of you. <laughs> yeah, and then I, I would Boy, use the old. ink and I would paint mustache on myself. And they said, "Why are you doing that? Please stop touching me." It's like and, a yeah, and pull your pants up. Yeah, well, now that'll be edited out immediately. The inkwell—that's a reference from like the 1800s, right there. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> We write on slate in this class, <laughs> yeah, but it's quite fun. And, and the living room shows um, again a great opportunity for uh, for young artists and singers artists to learn. I, I was telling Jeff about this. It's you know I don't just sit there and sing. It's not a brooding songwriter for two hours singing. That's right. boring, and it's depressing as all get out. Um, I tell stories, and and so many writers, it, so many artists, performers. Don't do that. They don't relate to the audience. I saw a huge act, and I won't say who they are, but seriously, one of the number one bands in the in the world at this moment, and uh, caught them up in San Francisco. And I was just, uh, I was almost offended by the lead singer taking his audience for granted, just not working the crowd right. still, because it's like, hey man, I'm platinum, I don't have to do it. That's what it felt like to me. Yeah. I don't know, maybe he was having a bad day. I don't know. I've never seen sure. it before. But it's like, talk to him, laugh, tell a joke, think on your feet, be spontaneous. Yeah. You know, tell me about your childhood, do something. Don't just sing your songs. That yeah. puts me to sleep. Maybe other people like it, but I, I have noticed over the years it really works when yeah, you do this. I, I used to work for Ticketmaster some years ago, and it actually introduced me to obtaining front row seats. 
I'll leave it that how it introduced it out of the <laughs> equation. But I started going to concerts, and I was really able to see, yeah. you know, the sweat pouring off these artists, and the opportunity to be able to see somebody and see the human side of them is what was so appealing to me. I could care less about the songs. I heard the songs a hundred times. Exactly. Um, the ones that were really good were the ones who talked. Uh, John Mayer is a great example. Hmm. Uh, I already knew he was a great guitar player and a great songwriter, but to see him and then hear him tell his stories and his jokes, and he's yeah. so quirky. And he, he's really a, a big, tall nerd who, unfortunately, has become a womanizer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But he's he, but he's got a great story to tell, and a lot of mm-hmm. his stuff is really entertaining. Hmm. Um, some other artists that I have seen that uh, didn't do that, didn't connect. I mean, the music can be fine, but it just it's like, why not go, you know, why not tell me about yourself? Why not relate to the audience a little bit? Yes, if you would like to hear Kyle Vincent, if you'd like to buy Kyle Vincent's music, please. Or just buy Kyle Vincent. Or if you want to buy, buy Kyle Vincent. I sold my shoes the other day. Did you really? show? Yes, I did. That's a true story. I, everything is for sale. <laughs> I did. I have a new song called A Rock in My Shoe. And afterwards, somebody said, you know, uh, would you ever think about selling your shoes? And I said, well, of course. <laughs> and the price reached the correct, you know, what I thought was equitable for, the, for that pair of For you shoes. to have to walk home barefoot. <laughs> and, that's right. And while I was driving home, and I could drive home barefoot on the New Jersey Pike. No problem. Uh, I saw you have a new album coming out in 2013. I do. Any name yet? Not sure. Not I, sure I is the name of his new yeah. album. You heard it here first. <laughs> Not sure by Kyle Vincent, 2013. That's right. <laughs> uh, we're, we're, I'm, I got some ideas. I got some ideas. I was set on one, and now I'm I'm not sure. The songs, no. the songs are really, really good. I'm very, very happy with them. Well, that's good. How many songs do you usually write for an album? Usually, I try to have a good 15, 16, 18, and then trim it down to about 11. Yeah. Is yeah. 11 your magic number? 11 seems to be the number I like. I am with you on that. Are you? I love the 11 number. Yep. Okay. All right. We'll do 11 on the next album. Excellent. Yeah, you got it. All right. Well, Kyle, thanks for coming in today. We Check. appreciate it. No problem. Take care, and I uh, hope you have a great concert. All right. Thanks to The Mesh. Thank you. So much for sponsoring this. Uh, you want to pick a song to take us out with? You know what? Play old school. Play some old school rock. Play Never Say Die. Let's do that. That sounds good. Okay. Never yeah. Say Die. Yeah. By Kyle Vincent. Yes, sir. Until we meet again.
been listening to The Mesh, an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Check us out online at themesh.tv. Discover other network shows and give us feedback on what you just heard.